Hey everyone, and um, welcome to the first episode of what might be a podcast I'm doing. I haven't entirely decided yet how far I'm going to take this. Um, I've asked a bunch of people who I've kind of interviewed in the past and had good conversations with, or who I just have good relationships with, if I could talk to them for, you know, essentially a, couple, a string of like pilot episodes for an interview podcast that I might be doing. Um, the idea is... Have I even said the name of it yet? God, it's called Besides the Point. Um, that's a name that I'm quite proud of, even if it's kind of led led me to this point of being so excited on, oh god, I've come up with a decent name, that I got carried away with myself and asked a bunch of people if they do interviews, and a whole bunch of people said yes, and the, the train started moving kind of before I decided if I wanted to board it. Um, the idea is that it will be a kind of maybe twice monthly maybe once I don't know I don't know yet we'll see how it goes we'll see how much people enjoy it like it might even just go down terribly um, who knows but I want to do interview podcast I want to do an interview podcast that doesn't kind of go around the album cycle and like hey let's talk about your new record and you're here because you're plugging this thing and I don't know, I was a music journalist for magazines and websites for a long time and having, you know, you have to ask about certain topics and so much of the good stuff kind of has to get edited out because of word count and having to kind of stick to the story that you're telling. But I think that a lot of the stuff that kind of gets left on the, like, left out of pieces um, really kind of... I don't know, they're the sort of thing that if I heard, that if I read or I heard, um, it would make me like the person more, you know? It would give me an insight into the character of the person that I listen to the music of. Um, so I've kind of always liked the idea of doing that kind of more relaxed, kind of conversational interview podcast. You've heard plenty of them, um, probably not a whole bunch of them about the specific music that we're going to cover. I mean, there's a few out there. Um, but I don't know. I've got I've got some cool ideas. I also might be. I've been speaking to a friend of mine, um, who I think would make a great co-host, and I sort of have this idea to do episodes where we kind of will, you know, maybe, maybe let's say there's two episodes a month. One a month might be an interview. Then the other one might be me him and like an expert on a topic going in on something so say we wanted to i don't know speak about the replacements maybe we try and speak to the person who wrote the book on the replacements or or we'd try and speak to someone who was there or like some someone qualified to talk about that band um at length and kind of educate us and you know any potential listeners out there if we get if we get any um and I don't know, it'd be fun. Like he's a fu- he's a fun dude. I, I don't really want to go into it too much because we haven't really hundred percent committed to it yet. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of rambling. I've been rambling for a long time. I've done I've done so many takes of this intro, you guys. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, thank you guys for subscribing to my my newsletter. Like I wanted to give this to you guys. Um, I don't really know if I'm gonna speak about this publicly yet. Um, but I kind of want, yeah, I want to get this out for you, to you guys who kind of, you know, I assume you've been following my shit for a while. You know what I'm like. You'll put up with my ums and my likes. Um, and you'll, 
I don't know, hopefully you'll go with me on this weird little ride as well if I do end up taking it. Let me know if you think this is good or if I should shut up and just stick to writing or if I'm terrible without two people who know a lot more about music next to me. Um, which is which is a possibility, but I still think I'm going to have some fun conversations. Some really fucking cool people. Um, I, I don't even know if I'm repeating myself, but some really cool people have said yes to doing episodes. This first episode is with Barry Johnson of Joyce Manor, who... I mean, again, as like I said, you guys have kind of been following my stuff probably for a while, or you know me personally, or whatever. I mean, I'm recording this on a laptop with two Joyce Manor stickers on it. I like that band quite a lot. Um, I also needed to ask him if I could use one of their songs for the intro, which you've already heard, so you know he said yes. Which probably tells you the chat went quite well. Um, we covered a whole bunch of stuff. I've written some bits down on a post-it note that I can't find. But, I mean, <laughs> we wrote, we, we spoke about him being his own biggest self-critic. I mean, hard relate on that one. And I've kind of, I've spoken to barry over the years so many times and i've seen him kind of in and out of phases of being stoked on what he's doing and bummed on it and hating old record like me and him have had multiple conversations about their second record which i absolutely fucking love and he i seems to think of as a weak point um but he you know you'll hear in the chat he says he's he's like feeling less less neurotic now which is great to hear like I love that dude, and I just want him to be making music for a long time, because it always seems to rule. Um, yeah, we chatted about the idea of, you know, Joyce Manor not really seeming, seeming to write anthems anymore. That was something that he kind of brought up, um, which is a weird one. Like, I think I think there are there are a few, but we, kind of, we spoke about that weird relationship that he has with his art in general. Um, we also spoke about... This, <laughs> This sort of weird near miss they had, where they almost ended up being one of those bands that toured with All American Rejects in the sort of mid to late 2000s, which would have been a completely weird fucking trajectory, as well as going in on um, songs from Northern Torrance, which was a collection of kind of early material they put out to get all as kind of one release for the first time in ages. I don't know, I'm going to stop rambling and just let you guys fucking listen to it, because if I'm finding a doing a podcast intro so fucking hard, why am I making it so damn long? Um, yeah, I don't know. Enjoy, I guess. Don't. Um, let me know either way. Mm, let me know if you like it. If not, just kind of keep it to yourself, maybe. Um, but if no one gets back to me saying they like it, I, I, I'll get the point. I'll stop doing it. Um, God, I'm sorry. This will get better once I've figured out what I'm doing. Um, shit, here we go. So, I mean, how's shit going anyway, man? How's the apocalypse treating you? That's pretty good. Um, kind of just working on a new record um, slowly. Uh, nice. We recorded a few songs with uh, Rob, uh, or this guy Rob, who did uh, Cody. Um, we, mm-hmm. went, we went in and di- we went and did five songs with him, and I'd say three of them came out really good. And so, nice. They're kind of like uh, in the bag, and then it's just a matter of kind of getting uh, seven more that are kind of to that level. And mm. I'm, I'm like I'm in the middle of writing the second batch to go be recorded. So, so I mean, like, so obviously I've spoken to you a couple times over the years, and I guess, like, so you're in that phase of 
cool, I'm into this, let's do it. Because I know, I know that you've had like moments over the years of kind of like, eh. and like it, it's it like from talking to you over the years, I've kind of, I've been able to pick up on when you're high on it and when you're kind of like feeling a little weird. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, at the moment, this has been a nice way. Of, so normally what we do is like, we'll get 10 songs that we can like play at practice and it's kind of like, um, yeah, like we have, we have 10 songs and then we just go record mm. them all in one, in one go and hope that they all turn out good. And then, uh, <laughs> that can be stressful. So what we've been doing mm. is just like, we took a, like we did a batch of five songs that we honestly hadn't really worked on that much. And, mm. um, kind of worked on them like uh very little just just went in it was like this is how it goes we're, you know and just kind of uh we're making changes on the fly and like well let's try it like this and like um god i'm trying to say this not not ramble uh shit um, no, i mean dude that, that's the advantage of doing a podcast over a written interview is that you kind of can ramble yeah a little yeah okay <laughs> well let me let me just let me just it's okay so we did pre-production with Rob where we were just like it was kind of almost more like band practice like they were like they were like we did like mm. one practice where I showed the guys the songs and they were like cool and then we did pre-production with Rob where we went in with Rob and kind of like uh, just tried different things tried different arrangements and kind of demoed them that way and then we went back in with Rob and actually recorded five songs so there yeah. was like that, that was like a whole month to do five mm. songs um and uh three of them turned out really good and so the other two yeah. i'm gonna like rework and, and and work on so it's an expensive way of doing stuff because you're in the studio for like a long time mm. to, to spend a month in the studio like with with the producer like that is like that's really expensive but um it's yeah. really fun too like it's 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 super, to only get three songs out of it you know what i mean so like at this rate it'll take like three or four months of mm. studio time. Uh, but it's a fun way to do it. Like it's, you can just kind of be creative on the fly and you're really excited about the song as it's happening. Cause you haven't worked on it a ton prior. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's kind of, as it's coming together, you're kind of recording it. So yeah, cool. yeah. And I was like, I mean, having that much time to record, I mean, I know that you've kind of, you know, you've had problems with records in your own discography where you don't feel like you've had the correct amount of time to spend on it and stuff like that. Like, does it kind of, does it, does it reassure you more as, as like the guy in the band that, okay, yeah, we're going to have the requisite amount of time to make these actually come out right? Uh, yeah, well, uh, I feel like in general, I'm less neurotic than I used to be. Um, right and and basically we just used to record everything twice which is like we like we recorded never have over again twice we recorded of all things twice we didn't record the first record or cody twice for some like but but um maybe if we had could have afforded to we would have re-recorded cody but the budget just didn't allow for it and hmm. i feel like some stuff we tracked maybe a little bit too slow and when i listen to it now it sounds slow but I think that I'm the only person that sounds slow to like, I think if you're used to it like that, <laughs> however it is, like, it's like, Oh, it sounds normal. But, um, so it's just little things like that. It's just kind of, uh, yeah, I have like, like when you have to commit to a, 
a take or commit to a arrangement or something like that. I'm just less neurotic now, and I, I kind of know when it's there. Or like you know, or that that's yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah. That I like that's good. You can move on. Or if it's not good, then I'll continue working on it. But um, yeah, in, in general, I, I don't feel as uh, panicked in the in a recording environment. I feel kind of that. Uh, sorry. No, 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 no. I was just gonna say like Go it's ahead. good, like because. You, you've always had this like one of the reasons you're, you've always been interesting to talk to is that you've always had such a weird relationship with your own music like mm. and it's I don't know like, as a as a fan so like it, it's, it's like it, it's reassuring to hear you saying you know like oh yeah I feel a lot less neurotic about stuff now like because I remember um, I mean this is kind of recent so maybe this doesn't maybe you don't mean less neurotic than then but I don't know if you remember you played um, London with Basement um and at some point on it was on the million dollars tour i think million dollars had just come out and so i think someone shouted out a new, a new song to you and you were like oh fuck it no one wants to hear the new stuff and like yeah. as a fan i was as a fan who loves million dollars i was like wait what like i i can never tell quite how like joking you are when you're being self-deprecating sometimes and it was it was one of those moments where as a fan i just wanted to be like yeah they fucking do man like yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. Uh, that that was a weird. That was kind of a weird record to to me. It was just like a, it's kind of piecemeal. Like, a, well, what million yeah. dollars? It's, it was okay. a weird record. It was like I, like some of the songs I had written with my friend Rory, and mm. we re-recorded them. And so I don't know. It was it was just it was a weird it was a weird time for the band. It was fun. It was fun. Like we got. We had just gotten Pat in the band, so it was exciting working with Pat for the first yeah. time. And um, yeah, I I, uh, I didn't have a lot of confidence about that record uh, mm. after I guess reading the reviews and stuff. It, it just seemed like it was uh, not that exciting to people. It was kind of it got a lukewarm reception, but. Honestly, like it, it got totally fine reviews, and uh, I think I would maybe it was just uh, tripping a little bit. You're, yeah, yeah. I mean, like over the years, you've been your own biggest self-critic, man. Like, yeah. And like I kind like it kind of bums me out that you even read the reviews because I can't imagine that that works well. No, <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't. I shouldn't read any of that shit. It would be. It would be. I'd be doing myself a great service to not, but it's kind of impossible. Yeah. No, 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 totally, and like, but. Like, it, it, but it's weird because, like, obviously, at the same time, like around that cycle, you were talking about how much a song like "Wildflowers" meant to you, and like how it was like, yeah, this was like a kind of real like rejuvenating moment in writing that record. And then at the same time, like, you know, you saying something like, "Our oh, fans don't want to hear the new stuff." I mean, if if there is a Joyce Manor fan who has an idea of what Joyce Manor is, and that idea is the first two and a half records or first three records yeah. or whatever else it is a song like wildflowers that's gonna probably alienate them the most but that's also the shit that you seem most proud of it was similar when we spoke on cody you spoke about like yeah like i you know i really love some of the slower stuff that, yeah. that we're doing like that's the stuff that you're most excited about like that kind of dichotomy like where does that leave you as a songwriter uh, like, like you know about, just just that thing of the thing that you're proudest of is the thing that you're most kind of Oh, how how are they gonna feel about this? <laughs> yeah, 
I think that maybe part of that is um, I used to write songs a certain way when I was when I was mm. younger, and uh, they elicited a certain reaction from people live. And um, I have found it hard to write songs that, or I haven't just naturally written songs that are necessarily as like anthemic or um, like that. Have you heard it, Big Lie? Yeah, Big Lie. <laughs> Big, Big Lie was was one. That's that's one we do play from that record. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that one that one does feel really really uh, similar to some of the earlier stuff, like the the first record or Never Hung Over Again or something. Mm. Um, but it's yeah it's kind of like this this blessing I wouldn't even say it's like a blessing and a curse it's like a blessing that we have like um, like probably out of the five records we have like we have probably two and a half records worth of um, like really high energy exciting songs to play live that are Mm. like people are really um, connecting to and then uh there's this other bit of the discography where it's like people maybe like you or like a handful of the crowd are really happy that we're playing, uh, I don't know, uh, Wildflowers or um, mm. some like Drain or something, something weird. Yeah, yeah something, yeah, yeah. something. Yeah, that one or, or uh, and I, yeah, I always have some kid come up to me after was like, oh, why didn't you play... Um, yeah, you know, something. Uh, why didn't you play I'm Always Tired? I'm like, because, you know, I don't know. Because you'd yeah. be the only I mean, person who's excited to hear it, you know what I mean? So, uh, But we do have this kind of, like, we know if we play Schley, it's just going to work. And the whole crowd is going to be, or like 90% of the crowd is going to be really into it. And it's going to be really yeah. fun. And there's going to be kind of electricity in the room that is like, you know, it's, uh, it's intoxicating. And I, I'm, you know, mm. we're all kind of like uh, the band, especially is like super addicted to that. And so, if that feeling isn't like being cultivated, uh, if, or if you kind of kill it, or if you lose it for a minute, you know, it's like being like if you're doing stand up and like one of your jokes bombs, that mm. really throws you off. You know what I mean? Like you're not like you lose your confidence. You're kind of not riding the current of like yeah, ex- yeah, excitement yeah. anymore. But I, I'm still really proud to have the like, songs like Wildflowers or. Um, whatever or do you really want to not get better or something like that like i'm Mm. super proud of those songs and you can slip one or two in a set and if you put it at the right moment and it can kind of act as like a intentional breather or whatever um but yeah i uh yeah i mean yeah i mean i haven't invited you onto a podcast to basically say hey play the songs i like but like (laughs) it's it's just kind of interesting to me that like I don't, I don't know because the record had just come out that there was that there was already that kind of like you you're already kind of showing that thing that you usually don't show until the next cycle yeah yeah when yeah, like yeah. you're doing never hung over again and you're talking about of all things right you know what i mean so like yeah as someone who kind of like has followed and even like interview been lucky enough to interview you on a, pretty much all these records yeah um except except for million dollars actually like um it's it's hard not to pick up on those things you know? and it's just yeah. kind of, it's just one of those things that i was kind of dying to be like where are you at with this um honestly cause, I, cause, I i would be happy to put out records where we don't play like we only play one or two songs live forever you know? yeah like every new record if it's like one more song in the set like i'm fine with that i'd be i'd be happy to be one of those bands where it's like 80 percent of the set list is comprised of like the first couple records but yeah. um but we're just kind of 
putting out like you know yeah I don't know I, I guess I get um uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I've hardly I, even asked you asked you a question. You know, I, I, like, I feel I feel like I've kind of put you on the spot about no, your own mentality here. No, I, I, feel, <laughs> I feel like it's hard. It's hard to. Um, uh, it, it's impossible actually for me to write songs the way that I used to. Uh, yeah. And so, I, I, I don't want. I don't want to. Tr- I don't want to put out like bad records. So if we're putting out stuff that like it doesn't necessarily like work with. The old stuff, I, I don't know. It's it just an, it's kind of like this this problem, but it's not a problem. It's a great problem to have. You know, most bands have like yeah, 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 yeah. zero good songs, or like zero <laughs> so, zero songs that connect with people. So the fact that we have like a forty minute set or whatever, and, and most of the material connects with the crowd, it's like from multiple records, you know. So it's a yeah, that's a really lucky thing to have, but. I get it, like, and, and honestly, like, it's it's one of those things, too, where I wouldn't be surprised if, like, by the next album, there's a couple tracks from Million Dollars to Kill Me that start to work, like Up the Punks or or Big mm. Live, where they really start connecting, because there was a long time where the, the Never Hung Over yeah. Again, or yeah, Fighting Kangaroo or something, like, I thought that was going to be, like, that would, that would really work live, you know, and then mm. it, I don't know if it's, it's, it just didn't really end up uh going over that well live i don't know yeah yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 it's funny as well because i mean it doesn't really matter how slow you write a song or record a song by the time you play it live you're playing it about four times faster anyway yeah like, yeah like, even yeah. even the songs that are already fast yeah speed up a, a little in live environments so i mean like that kind of thing like i don't know i guess having been there you kind of listen to it in, on a record you you know like you know what it's going to be like at the Joe's Manor show when they play the song, you know, like when you kind of been there. Yeah. Um, but, I guess, but I guess it's kind of, it's, it's, it's kind of a weird position because the first time I'm talking to you where you've been a band for long enough that you can say things like, yeah, I'm happy to like have one or two new, like one or two from each record work into a set. Like it's almost like the classic rock band mentality. Do you know what I mean? Of, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of of like yeah, we we need to be able to tour to tour this. There needs to be two fucking bangers that people like on it or whatever else. Like totally, is that is that a kind of like freeing place to be as a songwriter though? Because you kind of go like, okay, cool. Well, like when we know we've got those songs, we can get weird and fucking wild with it and kind of kind of like explore on the rest of it. Absolutely, yeah, it's totally freeing. Yeah. Like, I, I just know that like this whole record doesn't need to be like. Um, or yeah I, I just feel like if I like the song then that that's that's good enough and I'm not kind of like uh, gonna I'm not gonna destroy like sabotage my whole career by putting out a record that people aren't crazy about I can just like kind of go on to work and, and work on the next record and at this point it's okay. kind of like just keep the work ethic up and do a record every two years. Cause when you mm. stop, when you stop doing records, like, and then you try to pick it back up again, I've noticed in other bands careers that that's where you can really kind of lose it. And if you don't like the edges, yeah. Yeah. You don't nurture the craft and keep doing it. Like, you know, if you just keep doing it, like you're, you're going to eventually accidentally write some of your best stuff. You know what I mean? Just if you just keep yeah, writing, yeah, keep yeah. writing, keep writing. And, you know, no one's in, like, 
no one's dying for the sixth the Joyce Manor record. But if it happens to like be yeah, <laughs> if it happens to be <laughs> to be like have some really good songs on it, then that would be great. And um, yeah, like at the, the situation I'm at right now, I feel like I have three really good ones. But I'm like in no rush to for the other seven to show up. Obviously, since like we can't tour right now anyway, it's like a really weird time to put out a record. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like kind of more relaxed than ever. Where like before, you know, I felt like okay, it's been two years. Like we're kind of supposed to be putting out a record and back on on the road. And I feel like maybe I, w- I was kind of like uh, feeling the pressure to kind of get another mm-hmm. record out before people lose interest. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm just not worried about that anymore. That's kind of out of my control and. Uh, I feel like we have enough. That's cool, man. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Like, it's a... It, it's weird. Like, this is the most kind of, like, obviously, like, peaceful kind of place that I've spoken to you in, I feel like. like Yeah. Um, what's... Like, what's... I mean, I wasn't intending to go straight into Joyce Manor when we, when we started the chat, but obviously you spoke about writing and that. But, like, what's going on kind of, like, you know, and speak about as much of your personal life as you actually want to or don't want to here, but, like, what's going on outside of... outside of the band that's kind of brought you to that point? Uh, like, when was, when was this, um, I mean, nothing's really going on outside of the band as far as, like, just, just, just growing up, <laughs> just normal shit, you know, like, I, I started, yeah, yeah, I started going to a weightlifting gym with my, my girlfriend's into weightlifting, and she's like, you know, let's come to this weightlifting gym, and they have, like, it all, it's all set up outdoors and stuff, so, for the last few months, I've been, like, doing weightlifting, and that's been cool. Mm. Um, but other than that, I'm, it's pretty boring. Like, I just drink, <laughs> you know, drink beers on my porch and uh, drink coffee on my porch. And then, uh, yeah. Um, I can see how that would be peaceful. Yeah. I, I was bartending for a while, but recently the bar just um, got shut down. Uh, mm. And... Yeah, so I haven't been working, just been getting unemployment. Uh, just, I've been playing a lot of video games. That's what I've been doing. Uh, that is a new thing. Like, Same here. Yeah, when when COVID started, I got a, I got a Switch. And I, I spend many, many hours every day playing video games. Yeah. Is that just like... Is that is that a new obsession? Because like, I kind of figured you guys were nerds, given the like Dragon Ball Z shirts and... Sailor Moon shirts and stuff. I figured there's at least one gamer in your ranks. Uh, I played video games as a kid up until like PlayStation One, and then I got into skateboarding and music, and um, and and was less interested in in, in video games. Um, and periodically, mm. I picked it up again. Like a roommate of mine had a PlayStation Two in like 2009 or something, and I played <laughs> I played like the God of War games. I thought those were fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a couple Resident Evil games I never played, um, but yeah, video games have n- have not been a big part of my life since I was like thirteen, twelve or thirteen. But as but mm-hmm. from like from five, from like regular Nintendo, Super Nintendo, PlayStation One, it was like a very large part of my life, and kind of it's kind of like come back. And I, I remember like how much I absolutely love it. Like I love yeah, to I- play video games all day. Yeah, I like I had I had the same kind of experience. Like, I've obviously, kind of like 
working a job, doing music journalism, doing another couple of things, like, you get fleeting little moments to play video games or whatever. But, like, as an adult, I've always kind of had this thing of, like, damn, I should be doing something else. And then COVID hits. And it's like, oh, well, that feeling yeah. of I should be doing something else is completely gone. And I can just enjoy this yeah. fucking thing for what it is. Yeah, completely. Like, I've completely had that same, like, man, I've fallen back, back in love with this thing that I used to, like, enjoy. Totally. And it's completely guilt-free because yeah. it's, like, it's like you're not... I, I don't have any feeling of, like, oh, I really should be reading a book. I'm like, no. Like, mm. I can read a book if I want to, but if I want to just sit and play video games <laughs> for five hours, like, it's totally fine. And I have like yeah, a couple yeah. little, a couple little chores I have to do every day, or like some tasks, like uh, you know, oh, I want to get this, this, and this done today. But that's that takes about an hour and a half, and then yeah. the rest, of, the rest of my day is just video games. Yeah, like I'm, I'm sort of back like working part time at the moment, but I had a real like, oh man, I'm for the first time in like ten years, I'm actually good at Call of Duty again, like yeah. just, just from being, just from actually having the time to play it and stuff. Um, yeah, like. And I guess what, with a Switch, you're probably playing the same, like, it's still Zelda, it's still Mario, it's still... Yeah. So, like, when yeah. you have, like, the Super Nintendo and shit, it's all the same... Exactly. ...to pick up again. Yeah. 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 I, I, got, I got Breath of the Wild a while ago, and I did not like mm. that at all. But I got um, Link's Awakening. I don't know if you know about that. Uh, it's like yeah, a re- yeah. remake of the Game Boy one, and I'm really, really into that. Yeah, yeah I mean... I haven't had a Nintendo console in fucking forever. Oh, okay, I'm, okay, okay. Uh, but, but I'm just, like, I'm a competitive person. So, like, I want to play, like, Call of Duty. I want to shoot someone. Yeah. And be told that I'm winning. Yeah, For me to be able to enjoy it. And unless, like... But you get into that weird zone of games where there's shit like Truck Simulator and you can spend, like, fucking 12 hours, like, driving cargo back and forth. And that is also, like as I found out kind of like a couple, like last year in the middle of kind of like something of an episode can be really soothing shit. Oh, wow. Can like be, yeah, just, I mean, driving around in a pretend truck listening to podcasts, like uh, I had a point where like, I, I put my back out <laughs> okay. and like, a, and like a combination of like the pain medicines and them not working, just the only like solace I had was my stupid fucking fake truck. Like yeah. for, for like, yeah, for like three months, man. Um, like, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's weird, because obviously I had no idea where you were at in the process. Like, it, you you guys haven't been, like, public about writing or anything. From the outside looking in, it's looked kind of relatively kind of quiet. Like, I mean, you put out um, Songs from Northern Torrents. Yeah, yeah. Um, where, where, did, where did that come from? Was that like a, a like a, hey, here's like a catch-up on all the super old songs we might play live for the people who come in later? Like... I, you know, I, that's been sitting around, that's been like on my to-do list forever is to actually put that stuff out because um, it's some of my favorite stuff we've ever done. Like, I really like mm. all the pre-self-titled stuff. Like, I, I, I actually kind of prefer it to, to like, the first and second record. Like, I, I really like the um, Constant Headache EP, which is the last five songs. Yeah. And then I thought like House Running Party and Fuck Holocaust were like, those are our first two songs. And I feel yeah. like it was just like, a, I guess I had been writing songs for like a year and a half without having a band. I just like had a couple songs laying around and I was able to kind of p- pick from the cream of the crop. They're like, I- I'd written a, some not so good kind of folk punk songs and I'd written like two pretty good ones. And so when, when we were starting the band, I was like, well, I got this one. 
and I got this other one. And so it kind of seemed like I was just could do no wrong, but really it was just uh, I had been kind of sitting, you know. It just the longer I have to write, yeah, yeah, the more yeah. the more distance I can get from something, and I can kind of be like, oh, you know, this is really. Or I, I've shown it to more people and kind of gauged the reaction. Like, oh, people really happen to like this one, and uh, mm. and um, yeah, I, I I think that those recordings have something kind of magic to them, where there was like no pressure in the recording, like, yeah. and they have a little bit like there's so many like mistakes and so much like looseness, but there's all the, also like this mm. like kinetic energy to the playing and the, we're not like self-aware at all yet. Like I, and it kind of has like a little something magic that you kind of only get when you're that naive and that like yeah inexperienced. And um, those are my, my, my favorite kind of recordings in other bands. And, and so I had always kind of, I've been for a long time and we kind of wanted to give those a home and it was, a little bit difficult to decide whether or not to kind of do a more um, uh, comprehensive, like all the unreleased stuff, or yeah. to just focus on like, okay, this is from 2008 to 2010, before the first record, like this is the actually stuff that I'm like not embarrassed of. But there's also kind of an interesting route we could have gone where we put that embarrassing stuff on there because that then you get like a more full uncurated picture of like what it was actually like and where I was actually yeah, at, yeah, yeah. At, at that time but I decided that that's it, it, yeah I didn't need to come out but yeah there, there's still more but I, I don't I don't think I'll ever do like a songs from Northern Torrance volume two I might I don't know doesn't all yeah. it doesn't all need to be a lot of it's on the internet already but, yeah, so yeah. That, that that that's what I was gonna ask was like, are the the, the ones you're like quote unquote embarrassed about? Yeah, like yeah. are those things that are kind of floating around in the ether? Because I like obviously, oh yeah, in the old days, in the old days, you I I had to go on YouTube, rip the MP3, yeah. save it into my iTunes, make my own little Joyce Manor B sides totally album, and you kind of put it in there, and you have like a, there's a bunch of stuff. Like I haven't got the track lists in front of me like to yeah. compare, but like. There are a few. There are a few things on there that obviously don't come through. Like, those things are fun. Like that. It's funny though, because that same like youthful kind of like naivety about it, kind of like I, I do think it exists in in the ones that aren't on Northern Torrance. Like obviously Northern Torrance, I I kind of look at it as like a here's the greatest hits of this band before they figured out they were a band. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like, and then you you've got the other stuff that was like yeah I guess that's 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 the other stuff you also recorded. But like something we've never really spoken about is like. You, sp you speak about like the the folk punk um like early stuff and like that was what well, you were touring with like bands like ajj and stuff like that at that point right like th that's we didn't really t well we didn't tour with them until 2012 but we our first show right. ever was with was with them and uh we just kind of started the band because sean well, my our old bands we would basically play their la show because we were their friends that they knew in la and um Mm. they were nice enough to put our, our shitty bands on their show to open up or whatever <laughs> and um, it was great because we just had like an instant fan base and, and I feel like I really kind of uh, pandered to that you know what I mean whether it was conscious or subconscious just like uh, I wanted AJJ fans to like it do you know what I mean and I liked AJJ and they're like I thought they were really good so it was yeah. just uh 
we were playing those kind of shows and yeah, I don't know. I, I, I wanted to uh, kind of give my songs, these songs I had, like there was kind of two ways to go with them. Like it could, we could lean into mm. like the kind of folkier element of it or make it more pop punk. And then, um, yeah, I, I was never like super big into folk punk. I like it okay. I like some of it. Like, I like Paul Barabo. I like HHA. I like, you know, there's a, hand, there's a handful of stuff mm. that I was really, I liked Max the Bean Ensemble. Like, um, but I don't know how, yeah, I don't know. Uh, a lot of that folk punk stuff is horrible um, and <laughs> uninteresting just uninteresting lyrically uninteresting musically and like uh, so it, it wasn't it wasn't a world where we really wanted to uh, be stuck yeah. and thankfully we were only there for a little while yeah and it's tough as well because like if you're thinking okay cool we're playing a show with AJJ like I don't really I can't really piece together in my head where AJJ were at this point but when it comes to folk punk they're easily one of the most unique and interesting bands that that world oh, yeah. kind of has right yeah so, like, they, they didn't want to get it's stuck an, it's in an especially either. ridiculous yeah. task yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. well but, the, the, at that point their their crowd was like 80 percent like kind of train hopper like oogle types like uh right you know what i'm talking about like dog on yeah, dog yeah, on yeah. yeah 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 so that was like because I, I i always hear these kind of stories about like oh yeah that was like against me started out like a band like that yeah where, totally. where and like and it's weird because obviously my first exposure to against me was i was a teenage anarchist and that's like a major label song do you know what i mean so that kind of yeah ha- picturing against me this band with music videos on the tv as being a band playing like i don't know like a converted train car to like 12 yeah. people on like homemade instruments is a super weird thing and like I, I definitely feel like I missed something because I missed the whole that when that was AJJ and when you know when Jeff Rosenstock was bombed the music industry and shit like yeah. that like I missed all of that like because I, I kind of came in it was I kind of came in late like yeah yeah was that was that just was that was that your scene then at the time like was that kind of no the, no 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 yeah I no loved no we didn't Chase right. and I were Chase and I were very much like because it was just me and Chase like. It, it was more kind of, I think what we thought we were doing was more maybe kind of like Jonathan Richman or the Violent Femmes or something where mm. it was more like a everyday, like kind of normal, nerdy guys. Uh, not not any kind of like traveling vagabond. No, uh, no, 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 not so, not so much in that sense, but that kind oh. of, that, that, that energy of like that, that kind of, I don't know, it, I always kind of romanticize it as a really exciting kind of like who knows what the fuck these bands are actually doing world of you know like Bond and music industry is kind of that's been canonized in legend at this point in like what that band kind of did and I guess you know kids who were kind of growing up in the 90s and 2000s would have heard the same stories about Fugazi and shit oh, like that like it, oh like like super uh DIY centric, like uh, yeah, yeah, just that, yeah. just that kind of world of like, fuck it, let's just figure out how to do this, put on some shows, right? Super like like DIY purist kind of vibe, like absolutely, yeah, not. yeah, yeah, no, no way, ah, fair. Like, we we didn't care about that like at all, like we were yeah just into kind of drinking four loco and listening <laughs> to Blink Blink One Eighty Two and like uh, Bad Reli- King, I mean, I'm only saying like Bad, Bad Religion were a big one. Big on Blink, the the Kinks, Scattered by Voices, like uh, we're just partying. We're just like we're basically like uh, 
frat boys, but like nice, like not, we weren't like, like, you know, we weren't like, we were, but we were just having it, trying to have a good time. Like we, there was no yeah. kind of ethos about like, we don't need the corporate machine. Like we play whatever fucking show. We did not, we did not care <laughs> at all. I mean, yeah, I mean like kind of, it's, it's that weird dichotomy of like, yeah, the first show is with AJJ, but I love Blink and Blink are the most sponsored band. In the, you know what yeah. I mean? Like it, it doesn't, yeah, we, we I, I guess we would have signed to a major label like after the second show if the right person had signed <laughs> to us. You know, it's crazy actually. Uh, the guitar player for All American Rejects was at like our third show or something. It was uh, my friend Elliot who plays drums in Touche Amore. Yeah, we played in his garage, and um, the guitar player of All American Rejects was there, and he he messaged us on MySpace afterwards. But I don't think I saw it till like two years later. It was in like a some kind of, or maybe he messaged us on Facebook and it was like a filtered request. And yeah. then I saw I saw it about like once I realized what a filter. I was like, oh, there's all these filtered requests, and it was like mostly like spam accounts, you know, like do whatever. Yeah, but yeah. then it was the guy, the guy from All American Rejects, and he was he was kind of like uh, reaching out to like, hey, like I saw you guys at the garage, and I thought it was awesome and we should play some shows together or something like that. I can't remember what it was, but it was like, fuck, we blew that. You know what I mean? Like that would have been cool. <laughs> but it would have been yeah, such I mean... a weird time for us to have been opening for a giant band like that. Like we would, it, it would have, yeah, it would have been like the Freaks and Geeks band. Like on a, you know what I mean? Like we could barely yeah, play. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It would not have worked in a big, in a big room like that. It's, I mean, well, it's, I mean, yeah. it's still hard. <laughs> Going into like an arena with like chumps. Oh my god! Oh god! <laughs> the way we would play it back then too is like so sloppy and like just it was great. It was great, but it it really works in a garage, and it's like perfect in a garage. <laughs> it would have been so like we didn't learn how to like what monitors really do until like 2015 or something. So it was, <laughs> I'm kind of cool. maybe it's for the best that that didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, that th that's a that feels like a dark timeline. Where you, where you kind of get yeah. taken under the wing of the All American Rejects oh, and <laughs> yeah yeah I mean yeah. yeah but those guys are into weird stuff like they're always like like name dropping kind of like a obscure pop punk and um, always wearing like uh, shirts you would maybe wouldn't expect kind mm. of smaller so they're they're, yeah. they're into they're into like some cool music and I, I I really like some of their songs like and I I really liked them then too so I. I I'm sure we would have done it. Like, a, not there wouldn't have been a moment of hesitation. Yeah, it just would have been a bad idea. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think I think it would yeah, have been yeah. yeah. And like, so that's kind of interesting. Like the you know, like we absolutely would have like signed to the major and stuff. Something that I always find really interesting with like alt rock bands, um, you know, which is the category I'm loosely going to put you into, um, especially band like alt rock bands where the internet helped them grow so massively. Like I'd seen gifts of a Joyce Manor show before I'd heard a note of your music. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like you had you had you had that specific like when Tumblr was popping off. Yeah. Kind of kind of thing. Like totally. you, you you had that thing about you, um, and it's like. Would you would do you think you would have swapped coming up in the internet age for like I don't know coming up in the nineties when it, shit could have actually like worked and been you know like shit could have like been huge and had like a different kind of like I don't know I feel like a band like a band like yours would have done very well during the college rock boom do you know what I mean? No, I I totally know what you mean. Um, 
It's hard to say, man, because I think a lot of those people that um, their bands were really successful in the 90s, uh, I think it was painful in, in a lot of ways where it was like um, a lot more pressure and and playing like the radio game was, I think, uh, was tough, like, like on, on bands like, uh, I don't know, like, mm. obviously it was tough on bands like Green Day and Weezer and um blink even like to become like actually very famous uh but i think it might have been cool have been cool to have been a band in the 90s who was on an indie label and sold a lot of cds it would have been cool because we would have made a lot of money but we also <laughs> wouldn't have had to really deal with any of like the uh traditional media outlets like uh which I, yeah. I think can, can be just difficult. Like you, you kind of maybe have to do some corny stuff that you don't want to do, which I think by and large we've been able to avoid just because they don't matter as much anymore. Like you don't, you don't really have to. Uh... Yeah. The stakes aren't as high. Yeah. And you know what's funny about that is like, so a lot of those bands from that time, their records were mixed by like one of three people. Like all, all, most of those records were mixed by the same three people because their mixes sounded really good on the radio. Um, and mm. so, but I happen to think all those people's mixes are awesome. And like, I would love to have them mix our stuff. Like, you know, Tom Lord Alge, I think the other guy's name is Andy Wallace. He mixed like Nevermind, but also, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he also mixed like every big rock record from that time. Um, it was just like, that was part of the process. Like you recorded it and then it went to Andy Wallace so that it could go on the radio. Um, but I grew up listening to records like that. So to my ear, like, that's what sounds good. You know what I mean? Like, and, yeah. and so... Um, but, but also, what got on the radio sounded very different. Like, you could be as weird as the fucking Smashing Pumpkins. Right. Oh, totally. But yeah, Smashing so, Pumpkins... So, so that was kind of different too, yeah. Like, would it be cool to be as big as the Smashing Pumpkins? Like, maybe, but you'd probably go crazy. Like, like I'm glad I'm not Billy Corgan. I'm, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Yeah. Like, I, I have a roof over my head, and I have, like, a girlfriend who I love, and, like, two cats who I love, and friends who I love, and, like, a very nice life. And I'm all my basic needs are met, and I have plenty of time to play Zelda. So, like, and I don't think I And you, you've, like, you've been talking to me for years now. So, like, I think yeah. at, at my most neurotic moments where... I, I could have just gone down a really dark path and really become a truly like narcissistic psycho. Like if if it was on kind of like the bigger scale, like larger stage like that, like a band like Blink or the Pumpkins or whatever, like or Weezer. Um, yeah, I could it could have gone full full psycho. You know, it's yeah. I mean, we we all know what happened on Pinkerton. Yeah, right? like yeah. In terms of that story, so yeah, I mean. Yeah, I, I see. Especially as someone who like you know, you'll take the critical response to heart. Like that oh, being times man. by a billion. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah fuck that. Well, dude, the <laughs> well, I mean, like it's it's tragic. Like or like Kurt Cobain for like like you know like the apparently that mm. the in utero tour was like not selling well. Like I mean, really? he, he, yeah, like that, that that it feels like that goes so against everything I. Well, that you hear now because Nirvana time. got huge for for Nevermind, and then in utero like it undersold, and it 
from what I understand, like the tour dates were like, but they were in arenas, you know what I mean? They were playing arenas and it, it didn't, they weren't selling like to arena what they hoped, what they hoped, you know what I mean? And like the, the Smells Like Teen Spirit kind of wave was starting to kind of die down. But then he, you know, tragically killed himself and that mm. made Nirvana a lot bigger. So it's hard to remember now, like, oh, there was a kind of a dip for a moment. And then his suicide was like, they got a lot of press from the fact that he had committed suicide. Yeah, okay, and so. that's it. Like, I was, yeah, I mean, obviously, like, I'm born in, what, 93. So by the time I was even conscious of any of it, yeah. that whole story had had happened and yeah. had played out. I didn't, you know, specifically didn't even get into rock music until I was about, like, what, 15. Yeah. So I kind of, you learn about Nirvana as this kind of, like, white-hot blast Yeah. that just happened... It exploded and then he killed himself. Like yeah. that. That that's that's how it, that's how it goes in my head. Like I, yeah. I, the 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 idea of oh wait, in Euro didn't might not have performed to expectation. Never really crossed my mind. Like, it sold it sold a shitload of copies, but like you know, it wasn't Nevermind. Like Nevermind has like what like six huge singles on it, and in Utero, I think it kind of. I mean, it it could have ten if they wanted, right? Yeah, like, and so like. A, I don't think I'm writing the kind of songs that, except maybe like Constant Headache, like in a different timeline, I think Constant Headache could have been like an actual radio song because mm. just because of the sheer number of people it's connected with, like there's something about it, it works. And like if they had played it on like, like, like alternative radio, like I could see it yeah. connecting just most people. You know what I mean? There's, it's a, that, that one works, but I don't, I don't, I think it would have been kind of like, we would have probably been more like a band like Everclear. Or maybe, but even they had like a number of hits. Like yeah. maybe a band like. Well, I mean, th there's nothing wrong with being Everclear or Silverchair or any of those. Oh bands. no, totally, <laughs> totally. So, so I think we, and I think maybe those bands like, it was difficult. You know what I mean? It was different. Mm -hmm. like, that that kind of success, like normal normal '90s success, I think it was it was hard on people. And so, part of me feels lucky to have not had like had to go through it. And part of me, yeah. part but part of me is also kind of like my bank account would look different. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah, yeah, but, totally. yeah, of course, of course. So it's hard to know. It's like, oh, that would have been cool to have sold a shitload of CDs, but, um, yeah. I don't know. And, the, and there's also, you know, like the sunny day real estate scenario yeah. where like you, you get kind of swept up in the boom, but you were never, ever, ever supposed to be that band. And you never, <laughs> you never really had a hit. You know what I mean? Like I, I like sunny day real estate, but they never had like a, they don't have like a no, ubiquitous like, hit. Yeah. No, no, but that, that's yeah. what I mean. You know, the 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 I I always feel like the f the the almost worst case scenario would have been to have been picked up in the post Nirvana boom by a by a label that didn't know what to do with you and then just kind of abandoned. That yeah. always feels like the worst possible story of the nineties. You're either massive or no one cared. Oh but yeah, that weird that weird purgatory. Yeah. Of like, oh well, we've got the resource, but it's still not connecting because this is not what they should have put there. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. weird, uncontrollable situation. Um, oh. Or what about sorry, bands? No. What about bands where like the label just shelves your record? Like, that was, that was like, a, yeah, like that could have totally, well, we wouldn't have worked because they would have made us make our songs longer and they would have made us, uh, um, make our albums longer. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Cause back then, like people I were kind of, people were kind of paying for, how many songs were on the record? You know, like I remember looking at the back seats and being like, okay, well this album has 18 songs and this one only has 12. 
So it was really weird, like, but yeah. that's not at all kind of. And, and they both out. and they both cost ten dollars. Yeah. So yeah. like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like, well, I'll get this one because it has more songs on it. Um, so yeah, ten yeah. song records. Like, obviously, obviously, Weezer did it. Um, there's a couple other bands that had ten song records, but it was pretty rare. It's um, it's also I think like 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 with with you guys like I think part of what made like there, there there was a real like thing like i think never hung over again and like the jerk is kind of like my number one example of it where that song could have had about six more repetitions of that co- of, a, of a chorus do you know yeah. what i mean where like but I, I remember like you've said to me in the past like you like just going nah once like like you, you like kind of like here's 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 the bit that one, that one has three choruses doesn't it yeah t- t- totally but yeah uh, three that's it but the, cor- the, the I mean, last chorus is. I'm, over- I'm not going to argue with you cor- about yeah. how many choruses are in your song. Like- the last, the last <laughs> chorus is the chorus over the verse progression, which is pretty weird. So mm. it's yeah, like yeah. Yeah. yeah, But 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 like it, it is kind of a thing with Joyce Joyce Meyer songs where it's like verse chorus verse um, maybe end or verse chorus verse chorus or whatever. But like there the, the, there has always been room for you to repeat what you do because the thing that you've done is tight. But you, yeah. but you don't like. I feel like that. I feel like that is what you would have had. You would have had an extra verse and maybe two more choruses on every single fucking song if you. Well, me, <laughs> me, me, and the guy from Tiger's Jaw, or the old guy from Tiger's Jaw, um, Adam. Uh, yeah. We both kind of do this thing where where you have some songs that are, where it's like it's just one chord progression, the whole time, and mm-hmm. and. Uh, Oftentimes that that works really well if if it uh, builds instead of repeats. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know where I picked it up from. I just I just naturally wrote a song that that did that, and uh, or did I have a handful of songs that did that, and it kind mm. of it worked, and uh, and they they usually end up being short because the parts don't repeat and stuff, but. Uh, his yeah, are actually yeah, yeah. long. Like he, he can write like a five minute song that is that doesn't mm. repeat. It's just like it's non-linear. It, um, and it's uh, the same chord progression over and over again. It's it's almost like, like a crap rock kind of thing. I don't know, it's a, it's cool, but Yeah. Like, like building on the same foundation over and over thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well yeah, exactly. It kinda of builds tension and it's uh it's it's I guess if you just don't know what you're doing, you can like accidentally kinda of do that if you're just tapped in. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're well, like, that, that, that is kind of the beauty it. of both that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of the beauty of both, both that first, like the self-titled Joyce Manor record and the self-titled Tiger's Jewel record. Like take those two as kind of like the first kind of like releases from those bands. Similar ethos in terms of like, yeah, these are pop punk songs that don't really feel like the pop punk that's out there at the moment. Do, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, like I've totally. always kind of seen that. I've kind of yeah. always seen those two records as having this kind of kinship, so it's interesting you say that. But yeah, I mean, like, obviously you aren't a rapper now. So. Yeah, kind of though. <laughs> kind of. Pardon? Kind of. I, I kind of like. I, I feel like. Um, uh, obviously, I'm not. I'm not a rapper at all. But like. Um, <laughs> but he. He. I feel like it's similar though. It's. It's like. Um, I just. I got more into power pop. And he uh, was just like almost ten years ahead of what's happening right now. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like he and yeah, uh, but I, I feel like me and him are are similar. And um, 
Mm. It's crazy. Like Matt, Matt used to, Matt was kind of more, our bass player Matt was into like a DIY stuff, like in the folk funk days. Um, yeah. But not, not super heavy, like, but he, he thought it was cool and like, you know, whatever. And he made pins for bands. And he actually made pins for Tiger's Draw in like 2006 or something. Like, like when yeah. they were like, like just starting out, like they ordered pins so from him from the Planet X message board. Like, the, <laughs> yeah. So it's like, we've been like weirdly loosely connected with that band since the very, like really early. Yeah, um, yeah. And like, it, it, it's weird with that band as well, because they feel so, they feel like the, you know, like the kind of the Kevin Bacon of like that kind of those years of the emo kind of like yeah. thing where like everyone was either in Tiger's Jaw or played with someone in Tiger's Jaw like because there yeah. was there was that little yeah. while where like Tiger's Jaw was kind of before Tiger's Jaw was a band then it was like one of the dudes that ended up in Captain was sinking and one of the dudes in the men's yeah. you know what I mean like it was that kind of like totally mishmash mishmash of members like they feel like a real nexus for everything that kind of like followed on afterwards yeah and i mean they're uh, they're from scranton like it's it's like a yeah it's and all it's, three of those bands are as well. yeah so yeah it's yeah. Super weird. yeah it's it, i mean it's maybe kind of like how us like we're from torrance and i get there's that band sea haven who's from torrance uh, i i'm not yeah. like I, i'm not really that familiar with them but it's like uh i don't know um oh wow um yeah did you hear that Sorry, yeah. never mind. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, yeah, a small town, y- y- but not that small. But being near a major town, mm. you know what I mean, and like an actual—I uh, don't know. There's just like something like a satellite. Yeah. Yeah, something can just kind of kind of happen. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's really interesting that that um, we ended up having a very like, similar career arc to Tiger's job except the difference obviously is that they have two songwriters and um, hmm. yeah I, I think that band's fascinating I, I, I um, think that's a really interesting and really cool band yeah I think and, and as well similar to you I think they're a band that have kind of worn their growing up well do you know yeah. what I mean like like Tiger's Jaw writing songs like Guardian now and you writing songs like I don't know um, like Up the Punks or whatever like it it worked like it, it does make sense in the kind of long term trajectory of both bands, but also you would not have seen those songs coming on the self titled for both. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go um, real soon. There's one thing I needed to ask you about for the longest time: oh, the live of Third Man, right? Oh god. The how like what what was that? Like how did that actually come about? Like what is the level of kind of involvement in that? Like what? We just got asked to do it and, and we went and did it, but it was just, we had been touring a lot and we had taken a break from, from playing shows and we just didn't practice enough. Like, I think when we were touring a lot, we were, we like got pretty tight. I think maybe we'd done that modern baseball tour that was like six, six weeks long mm-hmm. and we were just kind of like exhausted afterwards and we had played the same set every night and we were like, just kind of felt like we never needed to practice those songs ever again. Yeah. And and then uh, the next thing we did, I think, was that third man thing. And we really should have practiced because uh, it sounds horrible. Um, but 
Yeah, well, uh, we, you said we, that about all your yeah. records at some point, like. <laughs> yeah, but that oh, fuck, I, I I was like when I heard that back, I was just like, they're not gonna put this out, are they? And they're like, yeah, it's they're just making sure that it sounds okay. I'm like, oh fuck, like, and uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah, uh, not my favorite release of ours, uh, but how, how did it come about? I don't know. They just asked us to do it. Yeah. I, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's not it's not like a you've got like a two a.m. phone call from Jack White being like, "Hey man, I need you at the studio," like. Nah, no. It's at not all. that kind not of deal. <laughs> I don't I don't think Jack White's ever heard of us, honestly. Like uh, Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Jack White. That Jack White. That's an interesting one. That that's like an anomaly. Well, yeah, I mean, like, how so? Like, because I was kind of fascinated to know, like if you had kind of like had the interaction on a day or whatever like that because obviously there was that i think it was maybe spin or stereo gum did like a feature with you on the day i think like they, yeah. they were like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. They, were, they were doing like a walk along with you or whatever i remember reading it um and like i was like i can't imagine like the conversation that you and jack white have <laughs> do you know what i mean like about like, no yeah we, we didn't we didn't have a conversation <laughs> we were kind of like uh we were kind of snickering the whole time at the at the uh, whole like Willy Wonka's chocolate factory vibe that yeah that's so that's what I wanted to ask you know, about. I gotta be careful yeah. what I say because that fool's gonna show up and beat the shit out of me like he did to the uh, guy from fucking Andy Warhol's <laughs> or whatever. Like you're gonna see my like fucking battered <laughs> face. Um, but no, like it, get you it's cool. Up by Jack White, man. It was all cool, but you know, he's got everyone wearing those little jumpsuits and shit. Like it, it was. We were kind of we were we were not super into it, it. Um, did, but did it was feel cool. like being welcomed into the compound a little. Like I don't know. Yeah, the whole thing. The whole, <laughs> the, but I actually think Jack White. I think that the White Stripes thing was really cool, mm. and like that the, the self generated like publicity or press or you know controversy you know using that to their advantage was really smart and really cool and mm. the fact that they were able to make songs that were recorded like that that are like that lo-fi and like that specific sounding yeah. that they were able to make them that popular is um incredible and and that they were mm. able to just do everything exactly as they wanted to like down to like the album art, like the way the band's presented, like the way the songs are recorded, the way the songs are written, like it's uh, it's kind of unbelievable that it was as successful as it was. And I think it really just speaks to the quality mm. of the songwriting and uh, the overall care, attention to detail that, that is applied to like the whole thing, you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, like it, it does feel like when a, when a band can kind of match that kind of like, here is our sound, here is what we look like and here's the aesthetic of everything we do. Yeah. Like it so rarely lines up like that, but you see it like, I mean, what the last huge rock bands are probably what the, the white stripes, like slipknot and like my chemical romance, like that kind of togetherness of everything feels so like, it, it feels like something that like so many bands think it's not cool to do. Yeah, but totally, like, totally. But it but it comes off so fucking cool when it works. Like yeah, like, yeah. If you can pull that off and kind of like cultivate your own universe, um, and it is actually compelling. Like it really does take a certain kind of person. Because like when bands try to do it, it can be like really embarrassing. You know what I mean? When they like yeah, because you really have to like 
put it, the attention to detail. And you, re you really have to kind of come from an inspired place of like, you have this vision for this whole thing. Whereas like my, my vision for Joyce Manor is like a very ordinary, uh, it's a very or like an ordinary band, you know what I mean? It's not, it's not, it's, yeah, there's, yeah. yeah. There's not a lot to read into. Yeah, there. Joyce Manor are not there to like, yeah, Joyce Manor are not there to kind of like build a world for you to explore. It's like, here, here are some things to kind of like shout along and take out your mundane frustrations with. Kind of, yeah. it's kind of like how I've, how, you know, it, it, it's like a, it is, it's like an outlet of frustration more than it is like a world of escapism. Like, have you heard of a band called Creeper from the UK? Oh, you know what? We got asked to play a festival with them and or a festival, and they were one of the headlining bands, and, and so I checked it out. It's kind of like. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like Tsunami Bomb. I don't know if you know who they are, but it's like a, it's almost like sort of like early Alkaline Trio, but some, yeah. some, some My Chemical Romance in there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, yeah. They're like big, big in that kind of world. Like the, like they love like, you know, like the Misfits and MCR yeah. and like anything that's kind of got that like horror gothic punk tinge yeah. to it. Yeah. But like, they're one of the bands that I think do the world building thing fucking brilliantly. Oh, like, cool! Their latest record, like the, the 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 record they put out after that one that you would have heard, now they like sounds like a kind of like eighties new wave thing, but they've completely switched up the entire look of the band, the entire like uh. feel of it all, the the entire presentation. Like it's a really cool fit. Like and you know like the the singer's like obsessed with David Bowie and shit like that. So like cool. That's where that kind of impulse comes from but like but it is totally that thing of like yeah there's no way that's for every band like the menzingers are not doing that successfully you know yeah <laughs> like, yeah 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 yeah, no, yeah, yeah. it's uh it's tough because like once you once you kind of open that pandora's box of like we're gonna go full like theater you, you have know? to do it like, every uh, single record <laughs> well it's like kiss you know and kiss took off the makeup like that's that's super weird you know what i mean or like or even someone like Davey Havoc. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Davey Havoc went full, like, otherworldly. And, and, and he's kind of, like, walked it back. And now he just looks like a like normal guy, I guess. Whatever. But, like, and, and he's managed to successfully yeah. do it. But, um, yeah, you got to be careful with that. Like, you better be sure that you want to, like, kind yeah. of be putting on a pound of makeup and fishnet pants, you know, like, every night. Because once you do it, you can't, yeah, you you can't not do it. Yeah, you got to commit, commit to the bit a bit, like, too much, I guess. Um, but, yeah, so I guess, like, we'll end it like end it on something that I was kind of wasn't sure if I was going to be able to ask you, but I definitely can. I mean, so if, like, you're writing at the moment, you've had, le you know, we're saying the the free kind of, like, first era, like, wh whatever we're calling it, I think the last two records have been, you know, you've said it yourself, a kind of like a growing up of Joyce Manor. Like, where is... Where, where's Joyce Manor at now? Like, what are these? What are these songs kind of pointing towards? Like, how I don't know. How's adulthood treating Joyce Manor? Um, what can I say about them? Obviously, Honest? don't give anything more away. No, than you can. no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not worried about that. Uh, It's honestly kind of more of the same, but I'm trying mm. to make an, in, an intentional effort to let myself write weirder stuff. 
and um, mm. I kind of I kind of like started around Cody. I started trying to write choruses more. Um, I, w- I would like come up with something, and it would be like it would be like a minute ten, and it wouldn't have a chorus. And I'd be like, "How can I make this into a more traditional chorus?" And I did that a lot on Million Dollars mm. to Kill Me. There's a lot of like, okay, I have to write a chorus. I'm gonna come up with a chorus, <laughs> and um, yeah. and you, you, I think the, the examples of that are like Fighting Kangaroo, Think I'm Still in Love with You. And what else has like a, a regular chorus? Up the Punks has one. Like, um, just I, I'm like really trying to write a chorus. And my favorite songs from that are, are just a little weirder. And uh, yeah. And my and so I've been trying to not force myself to write choruses. And if a song wants to only be a minute long, like just let let that happen. And so there's mm-hmm. there's like. Of the three songs that are, that work right now, one is a re-recording of an old song that is everyone I've showed it to. They're like, "That's that's awesome!" Like they really like it. And then mm. one of them has a chorus and is like a very kind of maybe kind of a never hung over again era sounding song. And then the other one is super weird, like non-linear, uh, just doesn't song structure is pretty. Uh, odd and uh, so I'm like I'm, I'm yeah. pretty excited but it works it totally works and I'm excited about that one and then um, yeah and so a uh, bit of a mixed bag but I'm definitely trying to let myself just be weirder and not try mm. to not try to write a chorus yeah well I mean I'm stoked to hear it as always man and like thank cool. you so much for coming on like, it's super cool to like have you be the first person um, my pleasure yeah man. I guess yeah. we'll probably speak 